Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. From time to time, I get notes from people who say, Steve, I've had an interesting thing happen to me. You might want to do a video about it. And I got a good one here from Ray, who writes to me, Dear Mr. Lato, <laughs> and I, I respect the old school salutation. I thought you may find this slightly humorous. I say humorous as I do not find it funny in the least, but all I can do is shake my head and laugh. So he's had something happen to him that would outrage most people, but he's decided, you know something? I'll just, I'll deal with it. My 1965 Chevy, which was legally parked on the street, licensed and fully insured, was impounded by the LAPD on June 1st. The applicable vehicle code cited is 22669 sub D, and I'll get there in a second. I paid the $372.50 impound fee, removed the car from the impound, and I protested the impound. So, had a hearing yesterday at an administrative hearing with the officer who impounded the car and her supervisor. Now, the impound report contains numerous errors. It says the car was missing its transmission and differential, missing an alternator, and the interior was stripped None of this was correct. Now, it stated that the car was missing the driver's side mirror, which is correct. But the driver's side mirror was not affixed to the vehicle when the officer inspected the vehicle because it was parked. Due to vandalism, I've modified the mirror to be a magnetic quick disconnect, which I affixed to the vehicle when I operate it. So when it's parked in the street, the mirror is inside the car, but not on the door. When he goes out to drive the car, he gets in, puts the mirror on the door, and then drives the car. So the car is perfectly street legal, except that the mirror is not affixed to the door when parked. I submitted these facts during the hearing and also corrected the erroneous information the officer had in her report. The impound officer admitted that if knowing the facts as I corrected her, she would not have impounded the car. That also, however, does not explain why she thought it had missing parts, such as a stripped interior and no transmission, when it did. And so you'll notice that she makes the mistakes in favor of making her report look better rather than worse. Funny how that works. The hearing officer concluded, however, that the impound officer had probable cause to impound the vehicle because of the way the California Vehicle Code is written. Vehicle was lacking equipment necessary to operate safely on the highways and was impounded as a hazard to public health, safety, or welfare. Now, here's the problem. The California Vehicle Code, Rules of the Road, Chapter 10, talks about the authority of law enforcement to remove vehicles. And at sub 9, it says, motor vehicles which are parked, resting, or otherwise immobilized on any highway or public right-of-way and which lack an engine, transmission, wheels, tires, doors, windshield, or any other part or equipment necessary to operate safely on the highways of the state are hereby declared a hazard to public health, safety, and welfare and may be removed immediately upon discovery by a peace officer. So they're saying, technically speaking, as your car sat there, it did not have the side mirror. Without a side mirror, it's missing a piece of equipment necessary to operate safely. Therefore, it's subject to immediate removal. And so it puts them in a quandary. 
because technically speaking, they're right. But they admit if they had known this, they wouldn't have done it. But there you have it. So he says, I argued the fact that the mirror is affixed to the vehicle when I operate it. The impound action was therefore not reasonable, but technically it was. So it lacked equipment necessary, et cetera, et cetera. And that is the entire debate. Now, he said, if I am understanding correctly what was stated at the hearing, the single fact that the driver's side mirror was not affixed to the vehicle gave the officer probable cause to impound the vehicle. The other incorrect information written on the report was not relevant, doesn't change the findings. Because obviously, if it had been missing those things and was an undrivable car, it was subject to impound. But the car was completely drivable, but still missing the side mirror. The decision by the hearing officer at the Division of Concern is final. I can file a claim for damages with the office of the city clerk, and the issue could then be addressed in the civil court. So they told him, this is the end of the road as far as this action goes. If you want to take it further, what you can do is sue in civil court for damages and say that you suffered $372.50 in damages and that we are somehow liable for that. However, the question is, would a court find the city liable when they are, in essence, following the exact letter of the law. So he says, I find it very sad and disheartening that based on erroneous information by the impound officer, the decision was made to impound the vehicle, and I have little recourse to set this right. As much as I'd like to go down the civil court road, it probably is not prudent. And the question, of course, is, is it worth your time to try to recover your $372 when it might involve filing fees, going to court, losing work, et cetera, et cetera, And then, yeah, you might get your money back on a matter of principle. But a court could say, well, did your car have the side mirror on it when it was parked? No. Okay, does the car require a side mirror when driving? Yes. Therefore, you're out of luck. Sorry. So he says, you have my authorization to use the above as a learning or entertainment tool. I like to think of it as both. And he says, go ahead and say my name. It's Ray. So Ray's got the 65 Chevy. As a uh, anti-theft, anti-vandalism feature, he made it so that the side mirror could be removed and attaches by a magnet when he drives. So when he's driving, perfectly legal. When he parks the car, the mirror is removed just temporarily. The problem is that the way the statute is worded explicitly, you go right down to the brass tacks of this, it just says if the vehicles are parked, resting, or otherwise immobilized on the road, And if it is missing uh, uh, any part or equipment necessary to operate safely, it's hereby declared a hazard to public health, safety, and welfare. So here's the problem with the law, the way it's written. Okay, you understand what Ray does, makes complete sense, and the car becomes safe to drive when he drives it, but when it's parked there, he does that as a matter of, like I said, anti-theft, anti-vandalism. Now, here's the thing. If you walked up to the car and it had a club on the steering wheel, it's also not drivable, right? You can't drive a car safely with a club in place. But the statute doesn't say anything about adding parts while it's parked. It just says that are missing parts while it's parked. That's a strange thing. So one of the things that we often do in law is to determine whether a, a law is drafted well. We start looking at the way the rules are. And ask ourselves, okay, what happens if we took it this way? What happens if we take it this way? And I can come up with an example. 
So let's suppose that you come out to your car one morning, parked at the curb legally, perfectly drivable car, except your car has got a flat tire. And it just so happens you got another wheel and tire inside your garage, mounted and ready to go. It just so happens that, that, that you can just swap it out. So you grab your jack, you jack your car up, you pull the wheel off, you roll it up the driveway. And in that moment, this woman pulls up. She's an officer and she walks up and she goes, oh my gosh, a car up on a jack missing a wheel. That car cannot safely drive on three wheels. So she quickly calls the uh, tow truck and is starting the impound process. She's doing up the paperwork, saying your car has been stripped and has no engine for some weird reason. And uh, you come walking back, rolling a brand new wheel that's all ready to go. And you go, excuse me, can I help you? And she goes, no, just impounding this car here. And you go, well, this is my car. Why are you impounding it? It's legally parked, licensed, and insured. Why would you be impounding? Well, you see, the problem is your vehicle is parked on a public right-of-way. And it lacks a tire. And it cannot be safely driven. Therefore, it is a hazard to public health, safety, and welfare. And... Subject removal immediately upon discovery by a peace officer. I'm a peace officer. I just discovered it. We are impounding it immediately. Now, you and I both know that that is an absurd set of facts. And if that happened, it would be a travesty. But the law would allow it the way it's written. And that's a problem. And so you have this law, which sounds like a good idea, in the run-of-the-mill case, where if you said, Steve, give me an example where that law makes sense, okay? Well, I have a car out, in my, uh, out, out that I bought, and, and it's out, out in front of my house, and I bought this car. And um, I actually have too many cars in my driveway, so I park it in the street. Uh, car not registered, not insured. Uh, and it turns out I actually got the car, it's a parts car, because I'm restoring a car in my garage, and so I've got this, parks, this parts car parked out in front of my house. And so I put it up on blocks and take the wheels off of it. I raise the hood. I actually remove the hood uh, because I need the hood. I pull the engine out of it. Uh, and, and meanwhile, I'm doing all this stuff. And there's just this car. And it is technically a car, but it, it, it can't be driven. It's just sitting out there, taking up space. And by the way, because it's all been partially dismantled, it can't be moved. It's actually just a hulk of a car taking up a space in the road where somebody could park a car if that Hulk wasn't there. And I kind of understand that, that they should be able to impound that and get it out of there. That makes sense to me. But, but, the fact that this car that Ray's got simply is lacking a mirror, which he puts on it before he drives it should not subject him to a $372.50 inconvenience where he's got to go and recover his car, which was impounded by an officer who also thought the car was missing its transmission, alternator, and its interior. (laughs) Which, by the way, you can simply look through the windows and see the interior. So there you go. So, Ray, sorry to hear about your 65 Chevy. Glad you got it back. And, uh... It's sad, but maybe we can all learn a lesson from this. And perhaps those people up in Sacramento could take a look at this statute and find a way to word it a little bit better so that they aren't actually yanking perfectly drivable street legal cars off the streets because of a technicality that didn't actually hurt anybody and would not have hurt anybody if they had let it slide. So, Ray, thanks for sending it. 
questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Opportunities for kindness pop up all over the place. Watch out for them.